Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are into the well, the final stretch, I suppose you'd say, of uh, Breaking Bad. This is um, season five, episode nine, Blood Money. Um, so yeah, picking up on, on where we left off at the, the end of the half season with this one here. This was uh, directed by Mr. Brian Cranston. You might recognise that name. Written by Peter Gould. Um, this first appeared on TVs on August eleventh. 2013, beginning of the end, I guess you would say. Looking forward to getting into a fantastic episode, from my opinion. And um, my name's Nick, and i got to say, I don't like the way you're looking at me right now. And my name is Ben, and I'm a doctor, bitch. Look it up. It's science. <laughs> yes. Um, so we talked the last time about you know, one of the last episodes being on my birthday, which is August the 12th, and this is August the 11th, the day before. So Ooh. basically it gives you your your time frame there that it's been a year between, or basically a year between um, episode eight and episode nine. Um, and we've gone from, as I think I mentioned on the last episode, from like three million viewers to nearly six. So we're almost doubling our viewership here. So I think it's fair to say that, everybody's on board for this last eight episodes it's um you know suddenly it's not the cult show anymore it's the one everybody's watching i think yeah and this is um with you it's a pretty good episode uh i mean i don't know if it reaches the high as the last couple i mean still it's, i've ranked this very highly spoiler alert at the end um i think there's some great moments in it there's uh i've marked down two potential top five scenes one i know won't make it but i just i just love the scene i think it's a very underrated scene of breaking bad which i just want to put up as a special nomination and clearly one at the end of this episode, which is very pop, uh, very famous. But um, yeah, I mean, just, I think this is another one of these episodes where there's just literally nothing wrong. There's just so much kind of tension. I mean, is this Dean Norris's best episode? Um, and he only kind of keeps getting better. A guy that we've talked up a lot about being very, I think, underrated in terms of the uh, acting ability because he gets typecast so much as just the standard cop guy and in, in everything he's in. So um, yeah, this is a really, really good episode. Yeah, and I think it's also um, fair to say there's a little bit of comedy in it too, which is always quite yeah. nice Don't get into this kind of, you know, heavy stuff. So, yeah, I mean, really, really fun episode. Um, starts to tie everything together. Um, some kind of interesting, and I reckon some quite brave choices made in this episode. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to talking them. But uh, we kind of start off with another one of these kind of flash-forward scenes, which, um, you know, I absolutely loved these when I first saw them. And I guess I should mention too that I'm now at catch-up point. I'm watching this in real time for the first time 
time, the first time I saw this. So um, a bit of a different viewing experience for me now um, as we kind of move into this this last part. But uh, yeah, we kind of get this great kind of skating montage to start and and, um, and, and quickly we realise that this is actually in the swimming pool of, of the white residence, which is you know, completely dilapidated and covered in graffiti and fenced. And it's got like, you know, the temporary fencing around the outside. And, um, you know, like that's your immediate kind of you know, clue that, you know, things are not, not right here and uh, then we see kind of Walt you know pull up as as he was looking at the beginning of the season in, in episode one you know with the uh, you know kind of emaciated look in the beard and his hair's grown back and we kind of see him kind of um, into this house you know that's you know that was his family home and it's been completely stripped you know I think that the uh, the assertion here is that you know the cops have been through and, and kind of you know pulled everything out that they think could be evidence really to to point to uh, to Walt um, he goes in the house and we kind of see that that awesome image um, of he kind of you know looks at the wall and it's got you know in spray paint yellow spray paint Heisenberg kind of written on the wall which is you know just this fantastic image um, and then we kind of see him you know go down to the bedroom and, and find that vial of rice and that he'd put behind the the power outlet in an earlier episode so it's you know nice kind of callback there and it's you know you talk about the Chekhov's gun this is the Chekhov's ricin tablet isn't it it's you know it, it's been dropped a few times and and now here we are it, it's uh yeah, it's in play and, and that tells you that it's probably going to get used at some point but uh yeah I think just just a, a really good reminder of where we headed if you had forgotten about what happened in episode one here it is as a nice little reminder at the start of this this half season so yeah I think great little setup to, to get us get us up and moving which is kind of interesting just his house that clearly everybody knows who he is and this is where he lived and yeah, I, I just read a, a trivia bit there that Vince Gilligan said apparently the original idea was to have the house completely demolished um, and just have the pool in the background. But, um, yeah, it's kind of just that shot of him in front of the Heisenberg, like great scene on the, uh, the that Breaking Bad fan-made movie where they kind of condense everything into two hours. I think this is like the opening scene from memory and you kind of hear like the voiceover from the, uh, the flashback episode where you see them buying this house, uh, which is kind of cool. But... Um, I like it when he – I like to see these kids, you know, in the backyard, but then I like it when he sees the neighbour and uh, she's yes. like, hello, Carol, um, which I also – like, I'll admit I've never seen any of the Godfather movies, but, again, I like kind of apparently this reference that, are, what, oranges in the Godfather movies meant death. So, like, her dropping the oranges here apparently and nod to the Godfather is like, ooh, and same with Ted Beneke. He sort of had the orange that fell on the ground. So, um, yeah, I just I just kind of like this. Hello, Carol. And is that, that's Vince Gilligan's mum, isn't it? Haven't we worked that out before? That, no, that's, I, don't, I, don't, no, I don't think it is. I think that, that initial one was um, that he kind of calls and she goes over and, and- – Kind of, you know, checks that the, you know, the, he he tells that story, you know, but I think they've left the oven on. Um, so that was, but this character isn't. I think that's a, it's a different neighbour. Um, so right. so so yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's quite funny listening to. I think it must have been on the commentary, and they're talking about that. You know, Brian Cranston as a director of this, you know, worked quite closely with this woman, so that she dropped the bag in the right way, so that the oranges would kind of roll out towards the camera <laughs> and in the right way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and I suppose it's one of those things. If you're trying to get that that great shot, you've got to be, you know you've got to kind of almost throw them, but you don't want to throw, you know, it needs to look natural. So, um, yeah, um, good job there, Brian Cranston. I think you've done a good job with that. So, uh, yeah. Cheryl Ford Menti is her name, um, and this is the only episode she appears in. So, there you go. Thanks, All right. Cheryl. She looks yeah. like Cheryl, let's be honest. Yes, yes. Yeah, sure. 
why not? Um, yeah, and and uh, then we kind of we go through the, the credits and we're into the, the first kind of scene and it's a, it's pick up right from where we left off at the end of episode eight, which is um, you know Hanks finding out you know going back to him looking at the uh, the leaves of grass book, um, and we kind of get this this kind of great stuff of kind of you know the zoom in on the on the, the closed toilet door and it's it, and you know we get closer and closer and closer until kind of Hank comes out and I think it's this great moment of um, you know, this is this moment where everything's changed now. Like he's going to come out, come out of the toilet a different person than he went into the toilet. Um, and um, and yeah, there's the uh, the good little uh, Walton Skyler wedding photo on the wall as it kind of zooms in, and um, and yeah, you kind of eventually you kind of you kind of see him kind of come out there, and we the camera follows him all the way as he carries the book and, and puts it into the bag and just the look on his face is, is awesome I think kind of Dean Norris really, really sells this with the expression on his face um, and and you kind of see him go out onto the uh, you know where everybody's celebrating I love that first line as, as he kind of comes out and the sound on this is really good too it kind of he's almost like it's almost like he's in like a space capsule or something and he kind of opens the door and then suddenly all the sound kind of comes out um, and and the first thing Mar- he hears Marie say is, is say to Walt you're the devil you know kind of coming halfway through this conversation which is really good and you know he kind of fakes being sick obviously and, and you know we need to get going and and um yeah it, it's all very sudden and 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 they leave and and he has one of these panic attacks on on the way and kind of crashes into this this fence in this neighbor's place and um and and yeah kind of um, Marie calls that calls for an ambulance, and uh, then we just kind of pick up that he's kind of been there, but uh, they found out there's nothing wrong with his heart. That uh, yeah, it, and and he's kind of you know angry that she made him kind of go through that. But yeah, I think kind of just like the the sound on the on this particular um, set of scenes, I think is really really effective. I really enjoy it. I think it's great. They kind of just sell that that panic and and that kind of disbelief. And Dean Norris obviously is an act just doing a phenomenal job here as well. He, yeah, as I said, I think this might be his best episode. I mean, he's just, I mean, again, it just keeps getting better from him as well moving forward. But um, because, like, I, I don't know if we, we've all been in situations where kind of like, I don't know, like not to the extent of like finding out that somebody you're hanging out with is freaking a, a murderer and a drug dealer, but like, I don't know, you've kind of been in situations where something happens and you're kind of like, like fuck, like your mood can change pretty quickly and all of a sudden like, okay, well, this is different. But um, it's a pretty powerful bog that uh, Hank obviously yeah, coming yeah. out of the toilet. But, um, yeah, just so good. And I kind of like it even sort of when you got, like, Hank getting in the car and even the way it's sort of edited and you just see Walt with uh, Holly. It's kind of almost like a horror movie. It's just kind of like, mm-hmm. hello, like, where are you going? <laughs> like, um, just kind of the way that's portrayed. Because, like, really, like, just so much in this episode is just so much, like, Walt just, we realise he's evil, but, like, it's just kind of like it just he is the evil now. And it's almost like Hank is a protagonist from this point on, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But no, like, I feel I, I, do, I just feel, Sorry, I just gonna say I just kind of forgot the uh, the additional scene on the end. Obviously, is when he's checking the you know looking at the lab notes from Gail yeah. and comparing the handwriting. Obviously, is the bit that I left off too. So sorry about that. That's all right. I was I was going to mention that. I didn't know if you were covering that as well. But um, I feel sorry for this guy that he just takes out his letterbox and fence. <laughs> um, like I mean, you know, sad he doesn't have a page on Breaking Bad wiki. Uh, but yeah, I love kind of just this bit when he's yeah, like as you just mentioned, looking at the handwriting and just kind of, uh, you know, comparing it and just the zoom in of it. Like, I just love the camera work of it and just kind of, like, it clicks together, which I, I do I do have to question. Like, and, and again, I know it's not as simple as this, like, uh, we're going to get in the next couple of weeks. Like, why Hank just doesn't take him in? Like, he, he feels like he's got enough evidence here, surely, but I guess he's wanting to be careful. Like, that's, you know, and I get this family, I get it's complicated, but, like, I don't know. Like, to me, uh, I've watched enough 
you know, week to week procedural cop shows where they just arrest people in for less less than this, Nick. So, um, but uh, yeah, the, I, like, cause I don't know, like, surely he can take this. I, I I know also that this is the end of his career. We're obviously going to get that too in the coming weeks. And you mentioned that last week, but um, just one thing I'll I'll sort of put out there. But um, yeah, Dean Norris is just amazing, and like the fact that he was off doing Under the Dome at the same time as this is just a travesty. <laughs> yeah, um, I think probably part of that too is, is that it's not really on the show, but I guess the subtext is that he's still in shock. Like he, he still can't yeah. quite believe it. He doesn't want to believe it, even though the evidence is all there in front of him. So I think that's, you know, that's, you're right. Like the bigger thing is that he gets one shot at this, you know, like his career is basically over once he hands this guy over. So he needs to be, as I think he says in a, is it this episode or a later episode where he kind of says, I, yeah, I need to, I need to be the one to hand him in. And, you know, like I need to kind of, ha- you know, walk him in and handcuffs. That's what I, that's all I can do from this point. So yeah, I think that's probably kind of answers that question a little bit, but, um, but yeah, it is a good point. I think, you know, like, with everything he knows, he probably should be able to kind of piece this together fairly quickly, I would have thought. Yeah, and I think, like, because that, that, the reason I bring that up is just I think the evidence is kind of insurmountable now that he's got – he can connect and you're going to get at the end of this episode and he's going to say everything and it's just kind of like it's, – it's kind of obvious all of a sudden now. Like, it's sort of – yeah, like, he can tie it all, but I guess – Again, this is the US, right? Like, uh, you know, they, they, I mean, I shouldn't just say the US, it happens in other countries as well that you need to have like super amounts of evidence to kind of clarify things. But um, yeah, like I, I get it. Like, I mean, what sort of show would this be if all of a sudden he was just like, oh my God, Walt is Heisenberg, you're under arrest. The end. Don't, no, no, no. Like it just, it, w- it wouldn't quite be the same, I feel. <laughs> so our, our next scene is at the car wash and, and uh, we kind of see, uh, um, you know, Skylar's kind of dealing with this customer and turns around and it's Lydia and um, she obviously doesn't know who Lydia is but Lydia goes in and tries to have this conversation with Walt and um, and, and basically kind of saying to him that you know he's I, I don't think that we got a lot of this on the last episode but basically it's it's kind of assumed that he more or less um, you know has, has sold the kind of um, yeah, his business as such over um, to, to other manufacturers who who Lydia says are pr- producing stuff that is of 68% quality. So um, this is Declan, right? So he's obviously handed it over to Declan to, well, be, to be making this stuff. Um, yeah, we, I think we get sort of more about what's happened next week. As yeah, in, yeah. So I think like what we find out next week is that that they, they hand it to Declan with Todd, but then Declan gets rid of Todd. And so it's just back to Declan, which is then I think based on the shitty stuff that he was like, he's, he can't make Heisenberg's formula work. So that's basically what right. it is. Yeah, it's, it, I, if it's one thing I'm going to give on this, I don't think it's particularly clear. Um, I think you just left, you know, to obviously find things out in later episodes, which is not a problem. You don't need to have everything delivered to you straight away, but it is a bit confusing. But uh, anyway, you know, like kind of Skylar picks up on this and she's a little bit kind of freaked out by this. And, I love and- Skylar here. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, love well, badass Skylar. Yeah, yeah, and she's great. And I think it's it's really interesting because this is this um, kind of unusual moment here where Walt is honest. You know, he he doesn't try and pretend that this is just you know like I don't know who this person is. He's he's upfront about it. He says this is a former business associate, but I'm not getting back into it. And you can tell Skylar just doesn't quite know whether to believe him or not, which I think is really interesting. And and then you see her kind of go out and basically tell Lydia to get lost and never come back. So yeah, a little bit of a badass moment from Skylar. I really like this 
Skylar stuff we get in the second half of the season. Um, and this is kind of just a, you know, a very gentle easing into what we're going to get with her. So, so yeah, I do really enjoy this kind of setup for, you know, that it's not as easy and it, and it never should have been that Walt could just like leave the business. You know, that was never going to be that simple. And I, I like that the, the show doesn't, doesn't allow it to just be a simple kind of, oh yeah, he can walk off into the sunset. They're going to be realistic about this, which I really appreciate. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I, I also love Skylar just, you know, standing up to Lydia here because clearly Skylar would kick her ass. Um, and I just kind of like how she pieced it together. She's like, who washes a rental car? But also um, it's kind of, I always forget here that Walt basically is upfront and completely honest with Skylar immediately. Like, you know, kind of like she calls him out and he just straight up tells her the truth. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like it. And like, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of like how they need to, I guess, let us know that, yeah, it's not that simple for Walt to just walk away, that there are going to be ramifications in a way. And we're going to see that ultimately, uh, particularly when we get to Jesse and everything. Uh, I like to call him zombie Jesse for the next half of the, but it's not bad zombie. It's not like zombie Saeed in Lost, which is just ridiculous, just wasted, like, <laughs> I like zombie Jesse because it makes sense for his character and we'll talk about him soon. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of, and I just kind of like seeing Walt and Skylar in the car wash business. And is this where he's like saying like, Hey, we should open up another one and let's franchise. <laughs> and Skylar's like, Oh, I love that one over on third. Uh, yes, maybe I'll think about it. So yeah, I kind of, you obviously got like Skylar, I guess, loosening up a bit. And that's also ultimately going to be, pretty important when it comes into some scenes next week pretty much because um yeah Sky- Skylar's great like god I just yeah I'm, I'm with you Skylar I've always said this season I just love what we get from her and it just to me gets better yeah totally and um I think it's kind of good setup that you know Walt really believes he can just walk away from this at this point and um and, and I think that that's quite a useful kind of thing too to show you know that, that there is a sort of belief from Walt that he's gotten away with it um, and obviously that's not going to last very long but it's kind of it's nice to see that in, in kind of real time here that he does really believe that he might be able to get away with this um, yeah and our next scene is is uh, Hank and Marie and, and um, Hank says he's not well he's you know not going to go into the office today Marie kind of leads into it as these uh, these DEA guys turn up with these boxes of, of um, evidence for, for Hank to kind of look through and he kind of get a a cool little kind of montage set to music as, as Hank is kind of looking through Word Mule by Jim White. I'm not sure if that's on your playlist, but uh, that's the song that, that's been used to kind of, you know, show all these, you know, great photos, um, you know, that we've, we've kind of collected and, you know, there's all sorts of different things in there, whether it's Gus Fring or um, I think I saw, um, um, what's his name? Um the, the third friend, yeah, yeah. I was just saying that the third friend of um, of Jesse that I care so little about, I've already forgotten his oh, name. Oh, yeah, um, Baldy. Yeah, <laughs> guy died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, him. It was a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, combo. Um, and you know, and uh, just just some really cool little throwbacks. Just even when you're kind of watching it, you know, like you kind of, I think you see kind of like the gas mask, and you see. Um, you know, just all sorts of um, of cool stuff, and um, I love you. Kind of, you get the look of the um, at, at Hank through the window with the Schrader brow sticker in the window. You know, like I think just it's a it's a great montage to kind of show the um, you know like the I, I guess kind of the, the frenetic kind of nature of Hank here that he can't quite believe it. He needs to get that bit of evidence so that he can actually just do the arrest right. Like he's got he's got everything he needs except that one piece of information and. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's a it's a great little scene to kind of just set everything up. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of almost like the Breaking Bad greatest hits 
like let's just show everything from the show up to that point like you see the security footage of when they're stealing the the barrel and just everything and you see like the the shootout from what like beginning of season two like the car you see captain cook mobile and just everything it's kind of it's it is is literally like a greatest hits like hey remember all these scenes and this is you know all the evidence that he's got and it's kind of almost showing the fact that this is how close he has been this whole time that just all of this stuff is just right under his nose as we've always said throughout the show so yeah it's it's great and it's just i just love the organization here all the boxes all the sticky notes and just pulling into piles and sorting things like uh sometimes like it's where i'd like to be a cop uh if i get to do cool things like this and just sort things out you know <laughs> maybe that's just maybe that's just me but uh yeah i, 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 I can help him out I um I I do like the kind of when he's looking at that you know the CCTV footage of them stealing the methylamine and you can see he's really thinking like is that Walt you know like and and he and it's just too grainy to be able to know for sure um so yeah I mean he thinks he's got everything he needs to know but it's just it's not quite all there um so yeah Even I think his it's chips just, drinking his choc uh, yeah. coffee like just yeah. going to town and I keep thinking his shirt says like Delbert I thought it said Dilbert I thought it was that comic strip <laughs> or whatever it is but uh, not quite. <laughs> well, um, talking about throwbacks, here we go to um, to Badger and Skinny Peter. We haven't seen for a while, uh, <laughs> and this this kind of ridiculous kind of discussion about uh, you know, Badger's <laughs> Badger's oh. idea for for a Star Trek episode. We're basically having a pie eating competition, um, and you know, I think this is just like it's a, just a good bit of comedy, the you know, a bit of levity, but also kind of shows the ridiculousness of Jesse's situation that he's stuck with these morons um, while he's having some kind of quite real world, you know, concerns going on in the back of his head and yeah and this I, I don't know how much we want to go into the details of the the star trek thing but basically a pie eating contest and you know um Chekhov's basically getting what is it scotty to beam the pie up out of his stomach before it's ridiculous but um skinny peak seems like he's into it i i think um did i not talk about this to charlie baker or i saw an interview about it was the thing that i just love about this like it's it's so random it's just it's got absolutely no point but it's just kind of zombie jesse chilling on the couch but like I think if it wasn't on our show, like I did see an interview of that where basically I, I feel like they were into like both Matt Jones and Charlie Baker were into it. So they kind of really got invested in this whole sort of back and forth. And it just, it feels very natural. Cause like, I love it here when they're first like talking about the, um, the teleportation and it's like, no bitch. Like every single time he gets transported, that's a new Captain Kirk. It's like, yeah. you soon there's like 124. Yeah, bitch. And then like, I love it even when he's like talking about his own version of Star Trek and like just, just the way he gets there at one point, and he mentions like whatever berries they are. He's like, "Dude, that's in Voyager," and he's like, "Oh, fine then, blueberries." Like, I, I, I want to mock this, but I can't because I feel like if people listen to Double Oz Seven, this is us over there. Like, oh no, that didn't happen in The Spy Who Loved Me. It happened in Moonraker. That would never happen again. Like these kind of real geeky conversations. Like I feel we've all got our franchise or something where we can literally have this type of conversation. I've only ever seen like Star Trek movies. I've maybe seen like 10 minutes of one on TV when my dad was watching it. Uh, I've never been in Star Trek. I've always been Star Wars and just never got Star Trek. Um, but I, I appreciate people's passion when they can have conversations like this, whether they are stoned or not. Uh, and it just makes me want to eat pizza. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 not a trick either, so it's probably a bit lost on me. Um, but yeah, you're right; these two guys are getting into it, so so good for them, I suppose. Um, but we kind of see Jesse's just not really into this, and you kind of see him like leave with his big bags of money and and goes to see Saul basically, and um, just love him kind of sitting in the you know in the the waiting room, kind of um, you know waiting for for to be let in, and him and Hill just kind of looking at each other. Hill's so great; like I just love Hill, and yeah. like and, he, and he's kind of lighting up in the um you know in the waiting room and he's not allowed and um and yeah and then basically he kind of gets led on by Saul who's been having a like a time massage or <laughs> Happy something. Happy ending <laughs> barn door open <laughs> <laughs> which I just like I just I don't I don't want to say I buy this because like I feel like watching Better Call Saul he's kind of like you know he's yeah but I like this is yeah I don't know. It's just it's funny. Like it's just kind of funny that he's just basically getting a handy uh, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And the shirt. I mean, Can we talk it, about it, the shirt? Yeah. Well, the, the shirt and tie combo, it's pretty horrific, but uh, with the bright green kind of like, you know, leprechaun shirt and the orange tie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it is like the the biblical Saul version of Saul is obviously very different from because it's a prequel, right? And so I think it's believable. It just feels like it's slightly backwards and like he feels like this kind of 80s, crappy lawyer here doesn't he and it's kind of like yeah. you're kind of watching him become that in Better Call Saul but yes yeah, so it, it feels believable in this moment but I do agree like once you've watched Better Call Saul you're kind of like eh, is, is, would that really be what he'd be like but uh, we'll, we'll let that go because it's a funny little scene and um, Jesse's basically turned up with um, his, his five million that um, that um, Walt gave him at the end of the last episode or during the last episode and uh, he wants what half of it to go to Kaylee Ermintrout and, and half to go to um, Drew Sharp's family and I do love this line of like Drew Sharp that kid who's missing on TV and he's like actually I don't know and I don't want to know which I think is like a great sore line you know like it's the kind of thing you'd expect them to say um, and and so yeah you've kind of and, and Saul kind of advises against it he says he, do, he doesn't want to do that um, and and yeah but Jesse's kind of adamant just he, he wants it to ha- to happen and so kind of you know Jesse leaves and um and the first thing that Saul's going to do is, is call Walt and this and this thing to try and get Walt to to make Jesse see sense really um and of course like the, the key bit of information we get here is that when Walt picks up the phone we kind of see him sit in this chair um see that you know the start of the conversation and then obviously um as the conversation ends we kind of see a little bit of a zoom out or we get a bit more information we see that Walt's actually sitting in a, in a chair and he's getting chemo, you know, so this is the, the bit of information that's obviously been kind of, um, you know, it was hinted at a little bit when we had the kind of, he got the CT scan in the last episode and, um, you know, like we just, as a viewer in real time, you kind of think, oh, that's just like, you know, normal kind of, you know, checkups for somebody who's had cancer like he has. But I think now it's like, well, okay, well, he obviously got bad news in that moment. We know from the flash forwards that something's not right. So it's starting to just build up that picture. So I think it's it, it's really, really good. Um, and, and yeah, I think I might just leave it there before we head on. So um, any thoughts you've got on, on this stuff? I, I just like Jesse, like, Again, it's. it's, I feel like with Zombie Jesse, you don't get a whole like. I don't want to say he gets forgotten about in the second half because he definitely doesn't. Like, I mean, there's a scene coming up which I just love in this episode, but it's like this. It's obviously I feel it's more centered around Walt at the moment, and we're going to get a bit more Jesse moving forward. But like, I just there's just still something about Aaron Paul. Like, I mean, literally Zombie Jesse on the couch, sitting here in the office, just lighting up a joint 
He's just kind of like, hey, hey, <laughs> just like gets his way, gets in. And does he also not want to give some money to Andrea as well? Is it Andrea and like, isn't there three people he gives it to or am I making that up? Um, um, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe I'm making that up. Um, but um, yeah, but like, I just, I just kind of like the way he gets into the office. Just like, it's, it's, it's a clever little way of doing it. But um, yeah, plot twist of, uh, of Walt. Getting uh getting Kim, which again we talked a lot about how kind of they almost forget about this storyline for a while, but I guess as some people do when they have cancer, they they live with it for live with it, and then they live without it for a couple of years, and then oh, sadly it can come back. So, um, you know, he had some successful surgery, he was doing okay. We don't want to see him coughing all the time, and I guess it makes sense. And ultimately, what we're going to get at the end of this episode, it kind of you know he can use it as a sympathetic card as well. So, um, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I just. I seriously love Salt's shirt. Like I would wear that shirt. <laughs> I also love in his drawer of phones how one of them's got Hello Kitty on it. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes. Well, <laughs> we're going to get that in a, in a later episode. But uh, yeah, I am. Um, I, I think it's really interesting because obviously we've we've had the flash forwards and and we kind of know where this Walt characters come from and it almost feels like you know when you when you put together a puzzle and you do the corners first and then you do the sides and and then you do the middle and it feels like we've got all the sides and stuff of this puzzle and now we're going to fill the bits in the middle to find out how he gets to that flash forward which i think is is a really cool way of doing it um so yeah yeah and and i think it's interesting because you know we're obviously going to get a a scene where he's kind of hiding this chemo from his family and and then obviously reveals it to hank at the end of this episode so um so, so yeah i think it's 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 an interesting way that they've decided to kind of unpack this particular plot thread um and and i really like it um so then we kind of follow up where waltz kind of goes to to jesse's house and he's returns this money um and and basically says you know what are you thinking you can't do this and and this is where jesse says it's blood money you know so this is where we get the the title of the episode um and and yeah, I think this is this is kind of really interesting because I think that this is this point where, you know, it kind of takes you back to you know Jesse post shooting Gail, right? Like where mm. he went through this long period of, you know, kind of um, thinking through his actions and and what had happened there, and um, and you know, and and he finds it really difficult and. And, and what less so and obviously this is where we get the thing where jesse you know basically we kind of have this conversation about did Walt kill mike and and what's very insistent about you know i didn't kill him look at me i i swear to god i didn't kill him um and of course you know we as an audience know that that's a, a bold-faced lie and um and yeah it's no surprise what's an incredibly talented liar at this point but um you know like to, to be so insistent that he's that he's telling the truth when he's not i think is 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 really quite effective um so yeah i think it's it's you know like a really good scene I, I really like kind of like the body language between these two it's you know it really feels like you know when you have an argument with somebody and sometimes you don't want to look at them and you kind of get these shots where walt's trying to like have this intense conversation with jesse and jesse won't even look at him um and you know i think the whole thing is jesse's you know he's seen and heard it all before so he doesn't really want to kind of you know get in get into this and and you know, jesse's not really interested in kind of having this conversation um but jesse feels like he has a responsibility for for kaylee now and, and mike's absence um yeah and and so then our other scene here which i'll just tack on is uh is you know we're back at the the walt res the walt resident the white residence um and um basically they're having having dinner and and um you know walt kind of excuses himself and um and this is where we see him kind of you know he he's obviously having the the, the after effects of the chemo and he's you know goes and hides it and, and takes the drugs and um and throws up and and you know he's got the taps on to kind of um eliminate the noise that's happening there so yeah i mean it's kind of just you know 
it kind of feels like we don't go in full circle here where it's kind of back to this whole thing of, of hiding what's happened um, but this is obviously where you know in the midst of throwing up into the toilet he realises that his leaves of grass book is missing um, and you know starts to go on a bit of a, a frantic search for it can't find it and um, this is where you know, things start to the, the cogs start to kind of go in his head right and he goes out and, and does a check on his car and, and finds this this tracking device and and suddenly walt knows that hank knows yeah you know, so we've suddenly got those elements at play so yeah i think um the jesse the jesse scene's kind of um a bit of a setup for, for how jesse's going to act in the first few episodes here but i think this the second set of scenes here back at the white house i think uh incredibly important and um, I think really really well done by by Brian Cranston here I think he does a great job both directing and acting this I, lo- I love the shot where you got Jesse just laying on the floor underneath his glass table and he's like watching cockroach <laughs> yeah. on the food and stuff like that it's kind of like creepy but kind of I don't know cool and yeah I love this scene between Walt and Jesse and like at one point Walt calls him son yeah which is like it's kind of is that the first time we've ever heard that but like oh, I, I mean maybe not maybe not the well maybe the first time but i think there's been lots of you know i, I think i go back to that one where you know um walter jr is looking after him you know and he, and he calls him jesse by mistake you know so it's obviously mm. this kind of you know, surrogate father thing is not new to the show yeah yeah but um yeah it's, it's kind of interesting to say about like the lying he's come good at it like it's kind of i don't know as an audience how like it just because we know he's lying you can kind of almost see how he's like telling this lie um and i just Again, Aaron Paul, just I love kind of like his reaction here and just as she said, kind of almost like this argument sort of where you just don't look at a person. You're just so kind of you're in your head, you're in your zone. You just kind of just like whatever, like, you know, and just Jesse just wants nothing to do with this money. Um, And I just just love the way he kind of like tells about this. Yeah, like you obviously killed Mike um, and he just looks scared and so just like lost is Jesse, which I mean, again, we're not really going to have much more than that from him for the rest of the show, which I think is a good thing. Like, again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. Um, I just, I like how they do that with Jesse. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do kind of like, uh, I, I'm kind of a bit like Walt when like you miss, when you're missing something, like, and it's, yeah. it's not even, it's not even major. Like, it's not like when you find, when you're losing something like that, you're like, oh fuck, I really need that. Like, it just kind of frustrates you when all of a sudden you're like, yeah, where is that pen? You don't need to use it. It's got no bearing on your day, but it just then all of a sudden starts to frustrate you, doesn't it? You're like, well, where is it? And you're moving everything and you're looking and you just want to find it. So I'm totally with him there. Um, but, yeah, the whole bit when he finds the tracker on his car, it's just all like, don 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 like, uh-oh, uh, he's in trouble now. Um, and the return of the tidy whities Can we say that? It's yes, been a while. Yes, so. I feel like there's a lot of tidy whities callbacks in this this um, second half. Um, of yeah. And um, can I just ask one question? Has Skylar gotten a new car? Because it looks, now she's it looks got, like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like she's got rid of the Simpsons mobile and now she's kind of got like a <laughs> maroon like SUV. So finally Walt's uh, doshed up some cash and uh, – not just for Junior and himself, he's gone and gotten a new car for Skylar. Because yeah, I noticed that that like she's they've got a new car for her. Well, not before time, I suppose. Mm. Um, I I think it's a, I'm interested in what your take is on, you know, the the early reveal that to to Walt that Hank knows. You know, this is something they could have strung out over several episodes. And and do you like they kind of get straight to it? You know, that they don't do two or three episodes where you know. 
Hank's investigating Walt, but Walt knows nothing about it. You know, I think they could have done that. And I think it's it's an interesting choice to kind of just go straight for the jugular of like, okay, this is going to be a cat and mouse, but both players are going to be aware of, of what's on the line here. Yeah, and like it wouldn't be a Breaking Bad episode without me mentioning Dexter apparently. Spoiler alert, I think it's season two when Sergeant Dokes finds out who Dexter is. And from like it's been a while since I've watched it, but from memory, like it's a while until Dexter knows that he knows. Um, and let's bring up friends, uh, like the whole Monica Chandler thing when all the friends gradually find out about them being together and keeping, like, it, it does make for fun television, but I'm kind of okay with it. I kind of think it's great. Like, I kind of think that how it plays out, like, it allows us to kind of have more, you know, even though I've just complained about the fact that why doesn't Hank just arrest him? Like, it kind of, it's it's more fascinating watching Hank, like, have to piece this together and what he's ultimately going to do, like, with Jesse and everything as well. So... I think it works. I, I I don't like. I mean, yeah, you could have strung it out more, but um, I mean, does anybody ever really complain about how Breaking Bad ends in terms of like this storyline? I I I thought this last eight episode stretched. Everyone considered this is nigh on perfect. So um, yeah, I, I mean, they could have easily, but I I'm fine with it. I think it works out great. And like, I actually the thing I always forget is I always think that at the end of this episode that the whole the um, garage door closing. I think that's the end of the episode and we're not going to get the confrontation to the opening of next week. I always forget you literally get the confrontation at the end of this episode. So I think it works. Like I think you've waited a year at this point for this show to come back. Uh, so I'm glad, like, again, I couldn't imagine watching this live. I think you'd be pretty happy that all of a sudden like, they just go straight into it from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's one of those things that I... I- I don't think you needed to string it out. I think there were ways you could have done that. That would have been effective. And I think if anybody knows how to do that, it's the, you know, the, the breaking bad directors that and production crew, they know how to do that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased to just be getting straight into it. I think it makes it more interesting. Um, you know, I, and for, for lots of different reasons, I, I really, really enjoy it. So, um, you know, and I do think that breaking bad, if I'm going to give it a critique, I think sometimes these, you know, Although this is not technically a premiere, I think often the, you know, the first few episodes of a new season tend to be a little bit slow as they do set up. And so I'm actually really glad that we don't have to worry about that this time. It's just going to be balls to the wall from from moment one here. So so yeah, I'm I'm really on board with, with what they're doing here. Um, and and yeah, I just I think it's a great moment where you kind of just see that realization on Walt's face of like okay, this is what's on the line, you know, like, you know, Hank knows, you know, and, and I'm going to have to confront him about it. And, and and I really do like that. Yeah, no, me too. And I think that, um, yeah, like, as you said, balls to the wall, everything. And like, even like some of the slower episodes, I mean, next week you could technically say it's technically kind of a slower episode, but is it really like it's, you know, that they're, they're entertaining. And as I said, like, I don't think there's really any bad stuff moving from this point on. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. It, it works a treat. Um, so we just get a little episode, uh, sorry, a little scene here where we're uh, at the doghouse. We haven't been to the doghouse for a little while, and uh, we kind of see this this homeless guy kind of going through the rubbish and and uh, well, the trash. If you're listening in America, um, and um, basically kind of goes over to Jesse's car, and Jesse's you know kind of sitting there, kind of you know, half out to it, and kind of asking for some chains, and and um, Jesse gives him this big wad of cash basically, and says, you know, kind of take it, and um, and you know like the, this homeless guy. Yeah, can't quite, can't quite believe it. You know that this that this guy's going to give him um, all this all this money, um, and so I think this is probably just you know just this little scene to to kind of um, you know just really reinforce where Jesse is at the moment in the story that he just you know he's um, kind of just beside himself. Um, 
And is this where we also know? I think that's a little bit later on, isn't it? Where we see him kind of throwing the. Oh no, this is no, here. Sorry, yes, it is here. So yeah, we see him yeah. see him obviously driving through the neighbourhood, kind of throwing the uh, the big wads of cash into people's you know front door. Um, just wants to get rid of this money. You know, talking about it's being blood money and kind of. I, I do like the kind of the looks on on Aaron Paul's face here as he's kind of delivering this. At, you know, he, he does that kind of anguish look really really well. So yeah, no, I, I really enjoy that little scene there. Um, and yeah, is there anything you want to add to that? Because we're kind of moving into the, the big set piece for the end of the episode yeah no well this is I just want to add this is again I, I know it won't make the top five at the end of the, I, I just fucking love this scene I've always loved this scene I think it's fantastic Aaron Paul is just amazing I just I just love this like zombie desperate Aaron Paul really that we've got this and that he's just so like we've seen him lost before you mentioned it before about like Gail and everything but this is just something else there's just something that this murder of Drew just really kind of just clicked into gear and I just, I love just kind of this desperate Jesse who just, he just doesn't know. Like, he's tried to get rid of this money. He's tried to do the right thing. He's tried to, you know, give it away to, like, people. But he just, he can't, no matter what he does, he seemingly can't get rid of this money. So, what am I going to do? Oh, let's just throw it around the neighborhood. And, like, it's just, just the music and this scene and just everything about it. Just, like, it's just, I don't know. I love it. I just, I really love it. I said it's not going to make the top five. There's no way this will make the top five at the end of the season based on what we've got. But I just, I just really, really love this sequence. And I really wish I lived in that street as well. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and um, you know, I think it's just, it's interesting because obviously, um, you know, like we talked a little bit earlier in the episode about the Gale comparison that obviously went through some, some tough times dealing with what he did to Gail. And I guess the difference here is, is potentially that, you know, they had to do that for you know, his own survival depended on that with Gail and he doesn't see it the same way with Drew. But also I think that, that him and Walt kind of, you know, had to process what happened with Gail together and they were neither of them was particularly happy about it. Um, and it was a plan they did together that knowing that one of them would have to do it. And so, you know, kind of Walt had similar feelings of regret or remorse at, at that stage. Um, whereas, you know, I think probably that scene where, you know, Walt kind of says to him, oh, you know, it was horrible what happened. You know, you go home, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll take over. And, you know, as Jesse's leaving, Walt's whistling, you know, and I think it's kind of just that that nonchalance and that, that lack of caring, I think, has, has really affected Jesse. And I think that's a big part of kind of why he's acting the way he is is that he's not he's alone and he yeah. suddenly realized that you know walt doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself and and you know um jesse's jesse's just secondary to walt getting what he wants to get so yeah i think that's probably a big part of it as well yeah no i agree with that and i just i think it just adds to it and i think it's yeah great 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 scene with uh him yeah with the money yeah and yeah so we kind of get to this this phenomenal scene to kind of finish the episode where we kind of get uh i, I love the kind of opening scene here where we see the kind of remote control cars and i sort of pull back <laughs> to uh to that from gonna get crushed again look out <laughs> kid <laughs> and apparently they tried to get the kid who drove that around but he was on another movie or something so they, they couldn't oh. use the same kid um but so is that why you don't really see the close-up yeah the yeah i think so yeah um, but obviously we kind of see you know hanks with you know um some of the the dea crew and, and then um walt kind of arrives and um yeah just the look on on um hank's face there is really good as well and and these dea guys leave and and walton and, and hank kind of have this you know kind of friendly kind of conversation you know about how you're feeling are you feeling any better and um you're kind of just like feeling each other out a little bit you know um and you know and this is kind of like this last moment really isn't it where they they're kind of like um they can still act this way because it's all about to change and and you know i think Walt's hoping that he'll get some kind of reaction from Hank that he can kind of play to, but he doesn't. So eventually he kind of starts to walk away and then turns around and says, oh, I found this on my car and kind of pulls out the tracker. 
Um, and, you know, it's like, um, you know, would you be able to explain it? It looks just like the one we used when we were tracking Gus Fring. And um, just this look on Hank's face, you know, Dean Norris is nailing it here, you know, um, and just this look at, and he just kind of, you know, shuts the garage door behind him. And then that's, you know, Walt has that line that I use to open, you know, I don't like the way you're looking at me now. And garage door comes down and, and um, Hank just clocks him, you know, just like punches him hard out. And I love the kind of, you know, Walt kind of falls into those boxes and kind of bounces off the boxes, I think is a really kind of powerful one, you know, been a big hit, you know, and um, Hank kind of grabs him, kind of pushes him, and you just like the the look on on Hank's face. Now it's just like he's just broken. He's a broken man, you know. He's just like so, um, you know, just so sad, really. You know, like angry and sad. And I could, I think, just Dean Norris just knocks it out of the park here with the way he kind of does this. And you know, it was you all along. It was you, and he kind of goes through the litany of things that that he believes you know Walt has done. You know, like kind of killing of people and. Um, you know, like, and and the kind of the phone call when you know to pretend Marie was in the hospital mm. and 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 all of that, and you know, I kind of just like the kind of way that you know the kind of they swing each other around. With the kind, you know, um, you know, Hank's got the back of his head, you know, and kind of swings him around. It's a really quite effective way to do that, and um, and this is where kind of Walt, um, you know, reveals that he, um, you know, that the cancer's come back, and you know, so even if you do have something on me, you know, like. They're never going to they're never going to convict me because I'm going to be dead in six months is what he says is, is um, basically what's going to happen here and um, so yeah if if there's a you know what have you got on me basically and we kind of get this thing of you know it, the it kind of ends with kind of Walt saying that you know what's a very famous line in this basically where you know like maybe your best course of action is to tread lightly um, and basically kind of threatens Hank as like you know. Um, basically, if you're going to come for me, you'd better have the evidence, and you don't have the evidence right now. Um, so it's you know it's just this really really effective scene, and you know it's a really memorable one. I think you know it's one of those ones that everybody kind of thinks about when they think about this the kind of ending of the show. It kind of starts with this episode where this confrontation between these two, where they they both know what's what the score is now, um, but you know like it. it I think in, in seasons gone past, you know, what would have run, run away with this tail between his legs, but this time he's actually prepared to stand up to him. And yeah, you know, that kind of tread lightly line is, is really valuable. And obviously we'll see Walt start to do some panicky stuff in the next episode, but, um, but right here, he kind of stands his ground to Hank. Um, but yeah, this relationship's obviously never going to be the same again from this point onwards. This is it, you know, they both know the score now, you know, they know, that you know hank's coming for him um hank's going to stop at nothing now to, to get this guy you know he's incredibly hurt by it um and you know and and you know waltz in that situation where you know he knows that he, he's going to have to come up with a solution here and it, it kind of just sets up just such a juicy ending for the show i think yeah and i think it's it's on any of these type of shows when it's like a scene you're waiting to come like you just you think that you know, it can be like a show where you've got two characters and there's sexual tension between the two of them and it's all like, oh, I can't wait for them to hook up or, you know, they're going to get caught, like, whatever it is. And, like, this is one of those scenes where it's Hank, you know, we realise he he knows what is happening now, but, like, I guess, you know, it, it comes to that place now where it's literally we want them to um, confront each other and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'll obviously mark this as the top five because, like, you know, again, I, I love how... Yeah, as you say, like that kind of just starts off all nonchalant, kind of asking each other stuff like that, um, and then all of a sudden it's just like boom, punch, and just like yeah, everything kind of comes into place. And the thing that just sells it to me though, as you said, it's just like 
because you've almost got Walt here cowering and just like denying it. And then all of a sudden, as you said, like, oh, like I've got cancer. They'll never convict me. And you, just, you literally think like Walt is just, he's just cowering. Like, I'm sorry I did this. Yes, it's me. But that's just the way he then just out of nowhere. And he's just like, if you don't know who I am, then you better tread lightly. Like, Holy fuck. Like, it's just kind of like, where did that come from? Um, just kind of all just threatening him. Um, yeah, it's it's epic, and it's just it is it's one of these scenes you've been waiting for. And what are we up to now? Like episode fifty five, episode fifty six, whatever we're up to, um, and it just it, we're finally here. So um, yeah, and like I'm I'm glad they end this in the episode. As I said before, I always think that he presses the button, you close the door, and like that would be effective. That would be a cliffhanger. Like that would be like holy fuck. Like what's he gonna do to him? Like the moment like you know he knows now. Like that would be a very effective cliffhanger. But I just I think it's good that they kind of do this and end it on the cliffhanger of like you better tread lightly. So it's just it's epic. It's again season five. We're gosh, just how are we gonna make a top five out of this season? But um, just a great great moment. And I think probably that's a little bit meta too. I think if this had been all one season and it hadn't been, you know, if you hadn't just come back from a year, you know, kind of um, waiting to see this, I think you could have ended it on the garage door closing. But I think the fans, that would have been rough on the fans to kind of, you know, wait that long. And then you don't even really give them something in the end. So, um, yeah, I think it's the right decision to 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 end the episode here. It's, um, you know, by actually having this confrontation and setting up where we're going next. It's, you know, it, it's really, really good. I think, it, you know, just just really really well delivered um so so yeah i think it, it's a great way to end the episode um yeah and i kind of i guess that kind of takes us oh no we've probably got a little bit of uh, of, of uh, trivia that we probably need to always forget the trivia i don't know why um come on but, next um, job i know i'm not very good at this um but we already knew that already that's uh <laughs> yeah that's that's nothing. that's why we take you the nip tuck a couple of years away get you trained up again and then you know you just come back and try to do your best um I don't know, like, there was a few that we've already mentioned throughout the thing. I mean, do we really need to know Hank drinks out of a plum fiesta mug? Uh, that's pretty important. Probably not. Probably not. This is the last episode where Walter Jr. interacts with his Uncle Hank. There you go. Oh, and Anna Gunn's <laughs> birthday is the day before yours. So oh, there you go. Anna Gunn's birthday is the same date as the original broadcast. Oh, well, uh, I, lo- I love this added line. It is unknown if she watched the airing live. <laughs> <laughs> you would like to think so. It's I quite mean, funny. It, thanks, it kind of, thanks for that Breaking Bad wiki. <laughs> it kind of, it probably kind of brings me to the, um, you know, I talked about it at the end of the last episode that, you know, just the hype around this, these last eight seasons and they had this kind of after show, this Talking Bad and mm. kind of um, the, the this episode was, they had um, straight afterwards, they had kind of Chris Hardwick host these things and it had um, Vince Gilligan, cool, great, you know, you get to hear from him and um, what's her name? The, the chick from um, Modern Family. Um oh. The Via Ferreira. Uh, no, no, no. The the Sophia um, Verre- No, no. The um the mother. The um. Oh, I never. Jo- I don't like it. I've never got into it. The only thing I like about that show is um. Oh, what's her name? She's very attractive. Uh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> There's one girl from that who's like. I think she was like one of the daughters in that show now who's very attractive. Right, right. Um, uh, Ju- Julie yeah. Bowen is one I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, um, and, and it's quite a weird after show because, yeah, you, you you generally get kind of like, you know, one of the cast crew, you know, key people and then like just a rando celebrity. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's really, really weird. Um, but it, it's quite interesting and like it, it just reminds you of just like how much hype there was around this stuff, you know, like it was just massive. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's, um, I don't think there was anything particularly interesting about this, this episode, but there, there are some coming up and I do love that the kind of, um, rather than give like a, um, 
like a preview with you know like a 30 second kind of teaser spot for next year they didn't do that for this one they basically just had Vince Gilligan give like this little teaser and I can't even remember what it was for the next episode but it's just a really interesting thing that you know like he, he doesn't even you don't even see any footage it's basically you see like a still and then he hmm. gives you like this little clue you know about what's going to happen it's just like and it's, it's really interesting because you kind of um, they ask lots of questions that you when you've seen the show you know the answer to um, hmm. you know just, just things like you know what's the worst thing that Jesse could find out you know is it would it be what happened to Brock what happened to Jane um, or what happened to Mike you know which is the worst of those to find out and they kind of ask the cast and crew as they go through so you know question. I mean they're kind of like they're kind of like 20, 20 minute things they're pretty easy to watch but um, I was I, think- I was gonna I was gonna watch it um, but I mean look I just watched this later than I was expecting to so I didn't get around it but maybe I'll go back and catch I mean I've still got on my stick where I watch these episodes I've still got all the um the extra Breaking Bad apps. Remember we watched them in between, what was it, season one and season two? I've still got all like the ones that came after that with like Soul and the ads and everything and that, so I've still got to catch up on those. But um, And just quickly, Ariel Winter is a girl that I'm thinking of from Modern Family. So just, right. uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. <laughs> I, I would say I'd watch it for her, but I think when she started she was like 12 or 13. It's only like now she's attractive. I just want to point that out to all the people out there who think I'm creepy. I, 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 I just don't get Modern Family. I watch like an episode. I'm like, this show is not funny. I don't understand the appeal behind it. And it just, it bothered me. So I, I think it's a real, it. I think it's a real kind of time capsule, you know, like it was like that. Um, it was a style and a, and you know, of, of the time. Um, yeah, which I, I got like, like I loved 30 Rock. 30 Rock was a show that I loved. Um, and it kind of, it almost, it, it sort of did remind me of maybe like, you know, because like shows like Malcolm in the Middle and the Bernie Mac show kind of almost started that type of sitcom, didn't they? Um, and yeah. then kind of it came about and like I don't think it was quite as quirky and, and similar to 30 Rock as I'm thinking because I think that was more like a what a Parks and Recreation was similar to a 30 Rock versus a Modern Family. It was kind of in that same vein, you know, the sitcom without the laugh track that was a bit, yeah, you know, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I remember that the, yeah. one of the main guys on it, they flew out to Australia to be part of like an advertising campaign here for Big W and it was like cool that guy from yeah. uh, he was he was the one we talked about him in Nip Tuck remember the death row uh, one where Matt was in jail yes. and he got yeah, out yeah, uh, yeah. the big guy yeah, yeah that guy yeah. him yeah. he was the one they flew yeah. out to Australia so yeah. anyway Modern Family Oz never coming to the Oz Network <laughs> right well let's um, I think we've kind of talked talk that to death and we can probably get into into rating these episodes um, so yeah I mean I don't think it's any surprise for me it's definitely a buy for me um, so um, I've actually got this currently sitting at number 11 so I've got it sitting just behind same name um, from a couple of episodes ago and, and just in front of Better Call Saul sorry I always know you hate it when I put something in front of Better Call Saul um, but yeah I think solid episode great way to start I think there's um, yeah like I say I think there were lots of ways they could have taken this but the way that they actually do, I think, is um, yeah, it feels right for the show and um, a, a really great way. I think if we were kind of ranking season, if this was a season premiere, I think it would be right up there with kind of pilot and and box cutter, um, as you know, some of the better ones. Um, and I, you know, I think it's better than the Live Free or Die, which was the the official kind of premiere for this this season five. So, yep, definitely a buy from me and really enjoyable episode to get us up and running on the second half of the final season. What, what what number did you say you ranked it at? Sorry, eleven. Eleven. I've got it at fourteenth, uh, and it's a buy from me. So twenty in a row for Nick, by the way. The the record continues. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you say. I think that this is a great episode. Um, you know, just even like I love the money scene. I love the ending of it. Like even just the beginning, the flash forward 
Hank sort of leaving, just like there's just so much stuff about it that's great. There's, again, as we keep saying with so many of these episodes, there's nothing bad about it. Um, and like even something as silly as the Star Trek scene with like, cause how many times have I mentioned that in the lead up to this? Like we just, have we had the Star Trek scene? When's the Star Trek scene? Like I just, I just remember, I just fucking love this random conversation. And like, it doesn't belong in this episode. Why is it here? We haven't seen these guys forever. And I don't think we see them again to the finale. I think this is the last time we see them until they're in the back seat of the car, isn't it? In the finale, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so like these are great characters of Breaking Bad that we love and kind of just they, they disappear, come again for a bit, and then they're gone again. But, um, yeah, no, love the episode. Um, I've got it at, yeah, 14, so just below Crazy Handful of Nothing and above Grilled. Uh, and just for those playing at home, The Ringer has it at 21. So uh, they've got it just ahead of Cornered and just below Salud. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. That feels a little bit low, but um, yeah, it, we, we all know my thoughts on the ringer. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's trash. So yeah. Logan flies at like whatever you know. Yeah, that's is, right. right. Yeah, but um, yeah, we're into buried next episode, and I think it's quite cool how it kind of like picks up almost immediately where we left off from here, and um, feels like a bit of a frenetic pace and um, bit of a kind of Skylar showcase. I think in the next episode as well, which which is really good, kind of brings her in, and she's going to have to make some decisions. So um, yeah, I, re- I really like the next episode as well. I think there's some some great stuff in there. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I think kind of just yeah, the Skylar stuff is amazing. Um, it's and like there's there's I've marked down what have I marked down one potential top five. So again, won't make it because there's a great Marie scene next week as well. Um, but like. I'm always a fan of like these reaction, like when you've got something big happening like this and people find out, like it's just, I joke about the whole friend situation, but like there's some of my favorite string of episodes in friends is that whole period where everyone's finding out about Monica and Chandler. Cause I love it. I just love people finding out the things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I always forget that's maybe the one Lydia scene I really like and no, it's not her dying spoiler alert. Um, but, um, it's just, the sequence, I always forget that this sequence exists um, and it's it's very effective the way it's kind of put together. But, um, like, I, I like next week's episode. It's definitely not as high as this week's episode for me, but um, I still, yeah, really enjoy next week's episode. Yeah, and, and definitely agree. I think it's um, it, it's not quite as good as as, um, as this one that we've just talked about, but still a fantastic episode. And um, I think we just, yeah, I, I think we're just going to see a run of, of great episodes that, you know, even if they're not all kind of, you know, top five episodes, you, you're going to enjoy what's what's happening here. I think the speed and the pace of, of what we're getting now is just, it starts to get quite frenetic, I think, from this point onwards. So even a quote-unquote slower episode in the back half of season five is still far quicker than um, IFT or Fly or whatever that we've talked about uh, down down the other end of our scale so anyway that's uh, that's probably enough from from us for for one episode but um appreciate you listening um and uh, make sure you follow us in, in all the usual places where you find uh, the Oz Network. Check out our sister shows and, and other episodes that we've got going on, whether it be uh, 24 or Lost or um, whatever the, the movie of the month is at the moment. There's always uh, something going on. I can never remember exactly what will be out when this actually goes to goes to air. I think or, by the time this is airing, Lost is well and truly done, but still listen to it. It was good. So, yeah, yeah, when the tuck was still yeah, So good. you never know with Noah, for fuck's sake. We'd probably stop halfway through season six. So, <laughs> God sakes, we're probably still going with it. So yeah, He's yeah. probably drunk in an alley somewhere. You know, he's probably like that homeless guy that Jesus is giving money to. So, yeah. Always drunk in an alley. Typical yeah. Noah. <laughs> yes, but um, yeah, until then, um, look forward to talking to you next time. Uh, my name is Nick, and um, 
I'm uh, not sure I've even got the right episode here. Um, <laughs> let, me try, let me try that one more time. Um, my name is Nick, and uh, we need to shove off. And my name is Ben, and please give this to your car wash professional and have an A1 day. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>